it was at that moment that I realized I had to be what I needed for me during my process for this team. And that began my journey of discovery, of digging deep into what traditional HR looked like and realizing myself that there were some components that I would need to re-engineer in HR so that we can be effective and efficient for the team that we were going to serve. Welcome back to season two of All Hands, brought to you by Lattice. I'm your host, Caitlin Holloway. If you were with us last season, you know we focused on sitting down with C-level execs to chat about how people strategy is good business strategy. But this season, we're doubling down. We're not only talking to CEOs and founders, but a wide range of people leaders, from heads of people to chief diversity and inclusion officers, to really get into some of their core practices, principles, and beliefs when it comes to putting your people first. Today, I'm chatting with Kalila Alokanola, also known as KO. She is the chief people officer at True Colors Brewing, a brewery in Wilmington, North Carolina, with a social mission to decrease street violence and unite gang rivals. KO is a strong advocate of second chance hiring and creating a workplace culture that focuses on development. She oversees all people aspects of the business, including recruitment, training and development, sustainable systems, and HR strategy. According to her colleagues, she is the defining force behind a company culture that drives both personal and professional growth. Kalila, welcome to All Hands. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're going to have so much fun today, KO. I cannot thank you enough uh, for joining us. This this is such a fun and uh, different story for us to tell here on All Hands. So as all very good tales go, can you please start at the beginning for us? Will you tell us your story? Yeah. So um, thank you, Caitlin, for that introduction. I spent most of my teen years, you know, in Brooklyn and in Troy, New York, where I hung out sometimes surrounded by gang, Bloods, Crips and GDs. And I found myself, you know, um, involved in tons of things. And part of that was in response to some of the challenging situations that I faced in my life beginning at 13 years old. And I ended up you know, facing consequences of some of those activities and lost my name to a Department of Corrections den number and ended up serving a little more than four years in prison. But one thing I knew is that I was going to, I remained adamant about the importance of education and make an impact in the lives of others who had passion and purpose on the inside of them, but had faced difficult situations. That impact wasn't a, a house, a picket fence, or a tall, dark, and handsome guy, even though I welcome it, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was making impact in the lives of others. And so um, it's important that as we speak today, that and as people listen, that they understand as chief people officer, you know, um, I had to be chief people officer for myself first before I was able to be chief people officer in True Colors. Kalila, the, the next question I've been asking our guests on the show is, you know, thank you for telling us your story and how you you got to be in this role of chief people officer. But is there anything else about your identity that you'd like for our audience to learn about you? Something that people may not know about me is that uh, when I relocated to Wilmington, North Carolina from Brooklyn, New York, and I started uh, event and set design business for film and TV, um, I worked on Mary and Martha, HBO's Eastbound and Down, Iron Man 3, great films, right? And not because yeah. I was the best, but because I was resilient and had grit and knew what opportunity meant. And I had this awakening uh, that I 
remembered when I was going through that transition that I spoke about earlier about making impact in the lives of others. And I decided to close that business by sale. I sold contracts and sold my equipment and decided to begin empowering women based on Dr. Seuss books. So it was lessons of leadership for doc from Dr. Seuss for powerful women who aspire to lead. And I vividly recall the first course was the Lorax. Who's going to speak for the trees? Who's going to speak for people who don't have a voice? And it was through that journey that I was invited to speak in New York City at the Women's Venture Fund conference. And George Taylor, the founder of True Colors, was also speaking at that same conference. It was there that we connected, even though we were both from Wilmington, had our first conversation. And I realized that even though decades had passed since I had gotten in trouble with the law and served this time, uh, decades had passed since I had changed my life and I was hanging out with people in the country club and I didn't want anybody to know my story. I realized that this purpose was more important than my pride. So I shared my story for the first time in New York City at a little uh, hole in the wall, you know, near 10th Avenue. And George Taylor invited me in to speak to the guys uh, to share my story. And that one day turned into a week and then a 40 day contract. And I've never left. Yeah, so you you met George uh, kind of serendipitously. You had this this moment of, hey, I'm this is something that is a part of me and is a part of my identity, and uh, I'm interested in in having this conversation and telling my story a little bit. That that then turned into an engagement of some sort, which then turned into a contract, which turned into many 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 contracts on the back of one, and all of a sudden you wake up and and you're like, I work here now. Oh I'm my god. <laughs> At True Colors. So talk to me, talk to me about that, that path, because you, you don't have an HR background, which I love. I myself did not before getting into it. So, so talk to us about that journey and that discovery of the HR profession. I didn't know what I was doing was called. I knew I was doing a whole lot of creating and training and uh, cultivating and connecting people. And he said, I have this really important role in HR slash education that I think that you can you you'd be dynamic at and I just gave him a blank look you know like that deer in headlights look (laughs) and I said George have you had a do you know who you're talking to yeah it's like I'm loud right um I'm pretty fun I you know I love people I love compliance too but I you know I'm I'm edgy right so I was like I don't know if I'm your person you might want someone and I really stereotype what that person would look like and he was like no I think you'll do a good job at it and I said but I don't know anything about traditional HR and he was like you know I don't need you to be traditional I need you to be KO and it was at that moment that I realized I had to be what I needed for me during my process for this team and that began my journey of discovery of digging deep into what traditional HR looked like and realizing myself that there were some components that I would need to re-engineer in HR so that we can be effective and efficient for the team that we were going to serve. But I would have never chosen HR for myself. I thought that it was boring and it was all about policy and procedure and not about you know, people and I am people focused. I'm purpose driven. I understand being profit aligned. And if I can't have those three components, then I want to stay away from it. And I've been able to come to this company and utilize that experience, that those difficult experiences and help shape and create something that the team here uh, actually gravitated to and needed. I think that the word authenticity is, is being used a lot now these days and maybe even overused. But I think in the truest sense of the term, like really the the authenticity of being a real human who has real human lived experiences that matter, that are shared, 
that are connected with, it, it deeply changes the way that we interact with one another and the dynamic in the workplace. And uh, that's not to say that, that more traditional HR leaders or HR uh, industry folk from the past weren't humans. It's that they weren't being invited to show up and engage and think about the way their experiences could shape or impact uh, the way in which we we operate together uh, to move the business forward and be business focused, right? Yes. Yes, the language. I love it. Yes, that's exactly it. I agree. Before we talk a little bit more about the the mission and, and vision of True Colors, which I think is absolutely fascinating, I would love to hear just kind of in your own words first. So you mentioned that you you are a people first leader, that you are very, very people focused, which I, of course, yes, to all of those things. Uh, but what does that really mean to you when you when you say, you know, I'm a people first leader? What does that mean? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I always tell people when they ask me that, I always use this word kind, right? And they're like, what's kind? So I've made kind an acronym. And for me, being a people-focused leader means being kind. And being kind is knowledge inspires new direction. And so that's the acronym for kind. And that means that you use what you know to design where you need to go for the team that you're serving. And so um, data only works if it's being designed for the people that you're serving. So being people first is you're paying attention, you're listening, you understand that it has to be homegrown and human. And it's only homegrown if you're paying attention to what the people are saying and what they're not saying. And so so being the people first leader for me is being kind. Knowledge inspires new direction for me. I listen. And when I listen, I lean in and try to develop and design. I think that that is phenomenal because not only, you know, when you first said being a people first leader, it, it you know, it means being kind. Uh, just even in in the non-acronym form, I'm like, yeah, let's be kind to one another. That's a beautiful thing. That doesn't mean that that we can't be focused or driven or want to hit those business goals. But then when you flipped it up and said it's an acronym, like, that's the juice, baby. Put that out. Let's, yeah, let's amplify that. I, yeah. I was, it's, those, it's those three for me that people focus, purpose driven, profit aligned. We want to make sure that we're meeting numbers. We want to make sure the yeah. business is successful. But we also want to not just quantify the product, but how can we look at the return and investment from the people? You know, like, because we get yes. something back from them when we lean in for them. I, I have long said, oftentimes I think HR gets a bad rap for, you know, being business first, being, you know, you're always going to put the, the business ahead of the people. What's right for the people is right for the business. So I love that. Yeah, it's true. When you teach and train your people and you give them these amazing opportunities and they begin to believe in themselves, it makes they're more committed employees. They dig in deeper, you know, to uh, get to understand uh, what they're doing. They want to get over learning curves. They don't want to stay still. And so all those things are important. It is when we want to focus on the bottom line, yes. But when we focus on the people also, it's going to help the bottom line. We all know know it's cheaper to cultivate employees that are already in place and look for new ones, right? And so why not just pour completely into them, you know, and they'll not just appreciate the paycheck you give them, but they'll appreciate, you know, what you pour into them to make them successful and make them better. You know, I have conversations with executives, consultants, generalists all the time, and everybody has a different perspective on how they view people, but they are our most important asset that we have. A business can't function without the people. So the same way we pour into the marketing dollars and the strategy and the tactics for the product, I'm really 
focused on doing the same thing for our people because you know if we fail them we fail the business and if we fail the business we fail the com- the customers we serve the investors that support in and the people that have an expectation on what we say we are going to do absolutely and when you invest in in people when you give them the resources uh, they are then going to go out into the community and get another job and translate and share those values that support how they were treated is going to be a part of who they are in in their responsiveness and in their dynamic in in their own communities which is your community absolutely the majority of our team members i want to say 85 to 90 percent of our team members are active gang members and so for us personal development is at the core of professional success for us and so you know we we focused on helping them with things like money housing transportation and understanding what healthy relationships look like because we understand that our social mission it can't just be driven behind closed doors with brewery sales. It has to be driven in the community. And so if we give them what they need internally, externally, they can soar. You know, most employers, they want their team members to be successful inside the building, but we need them to be successful outside as well because their role is dual. We want you to work inside of True Colors with the skills that you're being taught, but we also want you to help speak out against gun violence. We want you to take a stand. We want you to continue to say yes. And so that that Maslow's theory, that hierarchy of needs, those basic needs is so important for us because early on when True Color started, you know, because of a 16-year-old who was gunned down in Wilmington, North Carolina, down the block from another business that George had at the time, uh, doing the research and you know, spending time with gangs, what the company realized is that it wasn't that they were tied to to violence or to uh, illegal activities. They were looking for economic solutions to things like poverty, to things like lack of inclusion and lack of opportunity and jobs because of past felonies or lack of resources and education. So we knew that if we could change the product, we can provide education and uh, attach those tools that they need it, that maybe we can reduce violence. And that's what we've seen. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about your programs. I know that you have had been very, very influential in creating a lot of these programs um, and building them with your teams together. But can we start with Disrupt You? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what that one is? Yeah. So Disrupt You is eight weeks. It's our eight week onboarding. It te- teaches life skills, social skills, business skills, and of course, beer, right? Because we are a brewery. It gives you your first taste on what the brewing industry would look, look like. And that comes with the project. Uh, base lesson. So a be a battle. We split the team up into uh, their own individual teams that's in that class and they're responsible for brewing their own beer, coming up with the name, a pitch presentation and a perfect food pairing. And at the end of the class, uh, we do like a company call and we taste everybody's beer um, and uh, and they're tasting. And so it's really a great experience because for so long, some of the guys have thought their brewing is just brewing the beer, but there's so many other roles in the brewing industry like finance and HR and marketing. So, but that eight week onboarding, it's in place to help Rid limiting beliefs. We taught skill and we realized that some of the team members weren't utilizing the skills that we taught them. And I had to go back and see why. And it was because they didn't have the confidence yet they needed to believe that they could be successful in these roles. And so 
we went back and added belief week and disrupt you and you know i i have it designed in three phases the the first three weeks is the hard honeymoon phase where you're getting to know yourself right and a little yeah. bit about the people that you're working with because there's rivals in the room right people that may not have been able to sit next to each other at any other time and then after the hard honeymoon phase that second phase is the fight through we start learning about uh the core those basic needs um responsibility and uh conflict mediation and then the final uh, two weeks is second nature you've picked up new habits you know we spend so much time teaching people to break habits we never have time to build new ones and so instead of telling people what they need to break i just teach them something new hey you have to be here at 8 a.m or you're fired i mean we you know we're really strict in that um onboarding and so people show up on time so uh disrupt you is the gateway into true colors everybody goes through it you usually pick a, a side I say like pick a department that you want to work in before you get into True Colors. At our open house, we recruit a little bit different than most companies. And towards the end of that class, we start giving you some individualized training and that onboarding. And at the end, you have that one-on-one -on -one meet with your new prospective department manager. I take you to skydive out of an airplane because that's our initiation in True Colors. And Wait, you, hold on, a real airplane? A real airplane. And so uh, it's part of the uh, initiation in True Colors because gang has initiation. In the beginning, we thought that we had to come up with something. So we came up with the skydive. So every new team member that joins True Colors has to jump out of an airplane. And so I've had to jump four times because I've either been dared or you're, yeah. you're taking us, so you should jump too. Yeah. And so I've jumped a couple of times. The first time, of course, I took a pack of the pens in the car with me, right? Just in case. Kalila. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a little scary. It was scary. Um, but most of the guys that have gone up in airplanes have never flown on a plane before in their life. And so they're the only guys that can say that they went up, but they never, never landed. They jumped down and it symbolized to them starting something new. Their yes amplified, magnified into this new career, this journey that they're on to stop gun violence, but to change their life. You know, we're changing uh, these individuals who in turn will change their household, who in turn will change their community. We had a guy that I remember, he always told people he was a smooth talker. And so... He said, my skill is being a smooth talker. I said, so you could be a master communicator, right? Uh, you can be a mediator. And so we helped cultivate that skill. And so teaching our team members how to use those skills to transition into where they are um, has been powerful for us. So that is what disrupt you is. It's disrupting you, disrupting what you believe about you and disrupting the path you want to get on the path um, of passion and purpose in your life. I've got to say, this is this has to be the most robust onboarding training of any company that I've had the pleasure of talking with, uh, not just on the podcast, but but ever. It is so thoughtful. It's so well designed and and really just thought through. Not just in terms of of like the the programmatic side of like, okay, great, like what does this look like? I mean, that's an eight week program. How how many times a year are you running that? Yeah, so um, we do it typically every quarter. And uh, in between that, for an example, we just finished a beer camp that we designed uh, in-house to help the people going into the brewery. The goal is to always have a disrupt you class happening so uh, people would be able to go through and get some of that education that we have to offer and utilize it and apply it to their life. I'm not interested in jumping out of a plane, but I, I think that it's, it's amazing to take the symbolism. And as you said, for many of the folks that have never even been in a plane, what a powerful experience. What a, a, a real milestone uh, for them to have that hard reset. 
I'm really interested to learn a little bit more about your second chance hiring and the incentive programs that you all have built. Yeah. So um, most of the team members that we have here are felons. And so uh, we work with them on legal. Again, we call it the four core, which is money, housing, transportation relationships. You know, it's at the core of success. And we help the guys through legal issues, help them in, you know, strategically getting their personal lives together. They are successes internally at the company. Our recognition of awards program, like it's really you know, you go through that eight-week onboarding, Caitlin, but there has to be a sustainability process in place to Mm -hmm. keep, you know, our team members on track, to keep that connection, that cohesion between experienced hires and gang. And so we have things like True Community, which is a tribe system that I developed, where we split the the, the affiliated team members up into tribes based on numbers. They elect an individual to be a head coach. And that head coach is responsible for leading that tribe through the season. They compete on a monthly basis based on work performance and based on friendly competitions that help drive outcomes that we're looking for. They submit a play sheet every 15th of the month that shows what they've done. We do everything from giving back to the community because we change perceptions, not just inside but outside the building, to stability. And they submit that play sheet and they get community cash as opposed to points because our guys respond to money. And so if you made the most community cash per month. That means that you perform the most. You contributed the most in the community. You are our baller of the quarter. You get this big rope <laughs> chain that says yeah. true community baller of the quarter on it that you can walk around <laughs> in it for the full quarter or hang it on your desk. Yeah. The coach that wins the season has a trophy. But what we found is that it helps build unity. It helps teams communicate. It helps us keep the social mission up front because everything we do is to drive outcomes and connecting those rivals and, you know, making sure our guys pick up on skills like leadership, on resilience, you know, on grit, on um, active listening. And so this last competition last month was a Stop the Violence art competition. Each team had to create a canvas piece that showed the mission from their eyes. And we did that. But those paintings are hanging up inside the building, but they were able to express what they saw, the impact that they were making for themselves. And so it was good to hear their voice, to hear where they are and to hear where they thought we could go. Right. And so that gives them buy in because they realize their voice is a part of it. And so we use true community to drive those outcomes. You don't just get cool chains and trophies. You can take your community cash and convert the note to gift cards and experiences. And at the end of the year, the top ballers of the quarters, the top three get to compete in a pitch competition to share why they should be the baller of the year. And we give that person the trip either, either to the Bahamas or to the Jamaica. This is insane. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And so see, experiential teaching, like giving our guys experience and things, it changes them. It, you know, yeah. think about this. When you go someplace that you've never been, you're like, wow, I love it here. I, you know, like you bask in it. And it's the same for our team members. They, they going outside the hood. So yeah. Dacious, who's our director of health and wellness, was our first ball of the quarter. He took the trip to the Bahamas. You would hear him say he never thought that he would be a, he would ever leave the country. He never thought he would travel. He was chosen on that boat to have the captain's dinner. And so could you imagine how that changed him? Like being able yes. to experience this life that he never thought would go beyond the block he was in or behind the prison cell because he served 10 years, you know? And so hearing these stories and providing these experiences and driving them towards these experiences, these learning outcomes, it helps teach them, it helps them engage, but it helps broaden their perspective and widen their capacity that they thought that they had. I think it's an incredible model. And I am so excited for this this episode to air and have more people adopt 
the things that, that you all are doing. I think that this is a, a beautiful thing about the, the world of people and people leadership really can impact uh, our society in a, in a much more broad sense of the term. And I, I think that this, this shift in perception that you're talking about is deeply, deeply powerful if we are open to it and if we are equipped with the, the frameworks and the language uh, to be able to, to share, uh, which you are doing so, so well. K.O., you all are doing so much. What's next for True Colors? Right now, we're at this pivotal place where beer is scheduled to go to market at the end of the month. So we'll yeah. be in stores in North Carolina, Virginia. We have a minority stake partnership with Molson Coors that was just yeah. announced. And we have a lot of people that aren't gang members that we just hired. We're on this big hiring spree for sales. Yeah. And so, you know, when we have all these different cultures coming in the building, you know, I was talking to my CEO and some of my team. I was like, we have to make sure that there's a connection. And so we did something called a reverse mentorship, which is, you know, we pair an individual with gang and we get them to have lunch. And then we measure it with something called perspective points. Hey, did it change your perspective? Hey, would you go out to eat with them again? Hey, did you figure out that you guys had something in common? Something simplified like that is a way to change perspective, not just across gangs, but cultures and colors and everything. Yes. And if people listen and they could adapt this in their workplace, right? If they would be willing to take a chance to have brave conversations and to make brave moves that we would see a change across the board in people ops in companies and organizations across the country. I'm in, I love it. We are unfortunately getting to the end of our time together. Yes, we are. <laughs> and so uh, we're gonna wrap up the show the same way I wrap up all the other ones, which, which is a quick rapid fire. Are you ready? I'm ready. Excellent. On a scale of one to IPA, how hoppy do you like your beer? IPA. <laughs> hoppy, hoppy. <laughs> All the way. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I know that you're not actually sitting at your real desk right now, but is there is there one thing right in front of you right now that you can look up and sparks joy? What is it? Yes, it is. The True Colors mug. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a good size, too. You can, you can have a few beers in that, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. I know that, that this year has been incredibly busy. And when I say this year, I'm still talking about 2020, even though we are halfway into 2021. Uh, and I know that, that you also are, are a mother. Uh, what is your current favorite productivity hack? Oh, my goodness. You know what? Give the kids a movie. I always think that there's a brave lesson in a film. So I find a film, find the lesson, stick them in front of it, and I'll go behind the scenes and get some work done. Nice. <laughs> I, f I feel that in my bones. Screen time <laughs> took uh, yeah. prime time in yeah. my house during the yeah. pandemic. Okay. Those, those were kind of fun and silly and, and easy just to get you warmed up. But, but let's get into some, some slightly deeper ones. First question. Company culture, family, or sports team? Family. Next question. One tactical thing that leaders or HR teams can do today to create a more inclusive workplace. Be kind. Be kind. Remember our acronym. <laughs> yes. Tell, hit, hit us with the acronym again. Knowledge inspires new direction. Okay. Next question. When was the last time you were deeply proud of something you had accomplished? I don't usually think about being proud of me. I think about being proud of the team I serve. This is why I ask. Shame on y'all. Yeah. <laughs> This is called self-love, baby. Self-love. I guess this last, I mean, you know, seeing the team that just graduated from the boot camp, graduate from the boot camp and go into their new roles and watching them walk through the brewery proud. Yeah. yeah. I love that. 
I know it's a tough question. It's hard to to turn it back on yourself when you are in such a a service-oriented role. Mm -hmm. It's important for you to think about that. Okay, Kalila, one last and final question uh, before we wrap it up here. And and this one does not need to be rapid fire, I, I promise. What advice would you give to founders and people leaders out there trying to make sense of this particular moment in history? How can they use this as an opportunity to build a better organization in this next chapter? Man, uh, I would tell them the, you know, that three I mentioned earlier to be people focused, purpose driven and profit aligned. You know, when you empathize with people by understanding their experience, that helps you define your why. If you can define the problem, you'll find your what. And then you ideate solutions. You can understand your how. We need more than programs. Based on where we are, we need a system. We need more than just to start. We need to sustain, right? And if you lean in and loop in what's working, it'll help lead you. Build a blueprint. Just don't build something that's time sensitive, that works for now. Build something that can work for the long haul. What an incredibly powerful message to end on. Kalila, K.O., I adore you. This has been so much fun. I I am proud of you and, and your team and what you all are building. Like I said, I cannot wait to to crack open a new beer with you uh, and and really celebrate everything that you all are putting out into this world because it's beautiful and important and necessary. So thank you so, so much for the work that you do and the voices that you lift. Uh, Please, please continue to keep leading authentically. We are so grateful for the work that you do. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of All Hands, brought to you by Lattice. I'm your host, Caitlin Holloway. This episode was produced by Lattice in partnership with Pond People, Rachel King, Madison Lesby, Samantha Gantzik, and Mastering Done by Erica Huang. Learn more about how Lattice can help your business stay people-focused at Lattice.com or find us on Twitter at LatticeHQ. Don't forget to subscribe to All Hands wherever you get your podcasts. Join us next time.